I'm Julie. Welcome to Mom Made Plans Podcast, where we talk about simple ways to make your days feel easier and more productive. We get there through the ultimate life hack of self-awareness plus intentional living. It's an empowering journey, but don't worry, I keep you humble by remembering God is in control. And today we have a really important episode, and it's something we all struggle with, um, and that is anxiety. And some of us maybe just have it a little bit, and others it's way more intense. And this is important to talk about because it can really affect your ability to be productive and to have that intentional life that we're searching for. So I wanted to bring on a guest. We have Cheska Nicole with us today, um, who's really sharing more about what anxiety is and other things like ADHD and how they can really overlap and have similarities and um, just kind of, yeah, diving into what this looks like, especially as a mom and how we kind of work through it and uh, allow ourselves to kind of have more grace and be productive and just figure out kind of those hacks and definitely listen in all the way to the end for some really practical takeaways um, that you can utilize for uh, kind of dealing with anxiety and, and working through that. So yeah, it's a really good one. So let's get to it. All right, everyone. Welcome today. We are talking about a super important subject and we're all here because we're trying to be more intentional and productive, but for some of us, it's harder to start that and work through that, through these goals. And that's because of anxiety and it's something we all struggle with, but for some of us, it's more and more intense than others and anxiety, ADHD, all these things can prevent you from having the lifestyle that you want. And I have some like occasional anxiety that I deal with, but it's not like a hardcore thing all the time. And so I wanted to bring a guest on today who could share more wisdom with us on this topic, because I think it's super important. And so without further ado, please introduce yourself, like tell us your name and a little bit about you. Hi, so I am Cheska Nicole, and I am the host of the podcast, Do I Have ADHD? And um, I also work in community mental health, so I support families with um, kiddos who have different neurodiversities with whatever their goals are. So I work all day long with kids with ADHD, anxiety, depression, PTSD, um, and we work on coping skills and all kinds of stuff. And so I also support the parents through that and working through some of their own struggles too that come up. And then on my podcast, I talk a lot about ADHD and anxiety and doing things in a way that really work for your brain, because I know a lot of people with neurodiversities, we, um, you know, we like to go get on Pinterest and find the next thing that's going to organize our whole life. And then Mm -hmm. it doesn't work out. And it's because we're trying to put ourselves into a box that isn't the right shape. And so I really like to focus on teaching people how to do things in a way that's like actually sustainable and works for people with different types of brains. 
Yes. I love the sustainability. That is like my favorite word of the year. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that it's so is hard, the goal. but it's vital. Yes. Finding something that works long-term. Awesome. Okay. Well, just like getting started in this conversation, I would love to just kind of give us all like a basic definition overview of like, what is anxiety, ADHD, this whole like umbrella of neurodivergence. If you can just kind of like give us a little one Oh one here on what all that is. Of course. So ADHD and anxiety, I'm going to talk about them kind of interchangeably because for me, the experience is that way. They both influence one another so much in the way that they show up in my life and ADHD, anxiety, depression, PTSD, all of these have so many similarities where, um, and I also want to backtrack a little bit most of these are also diagnosed by just having a collection of symptoms. Like no one's actually doing blood work or looking at your brain. Some people are looking at your brain, but most people, if you go to your doctor and you're like, I'm experiencing this, 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 and this, they're going to be like, Oh, it sounds like you have ADHD or, Oh, it sounds like you have anxiety. Here's medication. Um, if you go to like the Dr. Amen clinic, they'll actually look at your brain and figure out what's truly going on. But most of us don't have accessibility to that. So for most of us who get one of these diagnoses, it's just because we have a collection of symptoms. And so if you have this collection of symptoms and you don't have one of these diagnoses, that's okay. Like you don't need an official diagnosis to learn how to start working with some of this. Um, and then, like I said, a lot of them have some overlap. And then the ones that I'm going to talk about a lot are just my experience. They show up a little bit differently for everyone. So I just want to state that. Um, but in general, these are a lot of the symptoms that you would see in anxiety or ADHD. So we have distractibility, excessive daydreaming, restlessness, or being really fidgety, being irritable. People don't realize that that is huge with anxiety. Um, Cause if you're already feeling a little bit on edge or hyped up or worried about something, then the littlest thing can set you off. Um, so irritability is a huge one. Um, worry, panic, struggles with organization or time management, all or nothing thinking, hyper-focus, and then being extra sensitive to rejection. Those are all pretty common um, symptoms for ADHD or anxiety. And then the way that these show up in our day kind of just depends on people's lifestyles and what is important to them. So for some people who have ADHD, they're actually like even more organized than other people because they get like very hyper-focused on it and they have to, or that they kind of spiral. And then some of us are really messy. Like the closet I'm sitting in right now, half of my clothes are sitting on the floor because I don't know why I couldn't tell you why. (laughs) Um, and so a lot of the way that it shows up is really dependent on personality types and lifestyle and who else lives in your house, who's helping you with things. Um, so yeah, did I answer that or did I get off track? (laughs) Yeah, just, um, I think those, that grouping of symptoms. So like if you have multiple and I would say, I'm assuming this is like on a regular basis, like daily, weekly type of thing too. Yes. It shows up often. And also like to an extent where it's impacting your daily life, something else I'm won't get into a whole conversation about, cause we could do a whole episode on is um, also where you're at in your cycle really changes how your brain is working. So women are literally different every single day because of the collection of hormones that are happening in our brain, depending on the day and where you're at in your cycle. And so for most of us, 
from the time that we like like day two or three of bleed phase all the way up until we ovulate which is about a two week ish time period for most women that's when we're all like really on it like you start the new workout program you get your whole house clean you can do all the things um especially right in that ovulation phase you like really can do all the things and then after that when we get into luteal everything starts kind of going downhill with our hormones and that's when we start getting like really tired our brains have a harder time organizing it's really hard for us to communicate clearly and all these things and so when people aren't aware of that then they think that they just can't be consistent but it's because we're not made to be the same person every single day that's just not how our hormones work So that's something else to keep in mind too. um, When you're thinking about your own personality and how these things are showing up and when they're showing up. That's so interesting. I have heard (laughs) of this and I I haven't fully like dove into it, but it is very fascinating. And I, Mm -hmm. I love that point to bring up. It's like a holistic view. Like, so we've got these symptoms, but you have to think of like your whole self and everything going on, not just being like, oh yeah, I have that. But yeah, taking into consideration, like are there patterns? And maybe that's when it's a good idea to just like have a little calendar journal type thing, just to kind of note your energy levels or like some of those things, just to see if there is patterns to be like, Oh, maybe this is what's going on. I really love the app called stardust. Um, you put in your cycle a few times and then each day, like you can go to the app and see, it will give you, um, I mean, it's essentially a best guess because again, we're all different, but yeah. I would say majority of the days it's very on target for me to be like, you're going to be really crabby today. Stay away from everybody. And I'm like, oh my God, you're right. I should have stayed away from everybody today. Um, so that app is kind of fun when you're not like doing intense tracking. You just kind of want to see like what you quote unquote should be feeling that day. Um, and so that one's fun, but like yeah. I said, I could do a whole episode on this, so <laughs> I won't keep going. Maybe we'll have to, we'll have to do round two for this one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, thank you for sharing. Like it is just important to like take into consideration, like all the variables of, yeah, that's, we tend to like have this like robot expectation that we should be able to complete all these things every single day yes. and always do all the checklist tasks and everything. And that we aren't the same every day. And so, um, yeah, to just kind of take all this information and kind of gather it and sit with it and pray over it and figure out, yeah, if you are struggling at a higher level with anxiety and all the things, or if it's some other factors or all the things combined, right. Yeah. Sounds super fun. So much plays into it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so just for like practical purposes, like can you give us some examples of being a mom specifically just everyday mom life? What, what does anxiety or ADHD like show up as? Like, what does that often look like knowing it's going to be different for everyone, but what are some like common things maybe that we can think about? I feel like for a lot of moms, it's going to show up as like overwhelm and overstimulation and also, um, irritability because especially if you're a stay at home mom or even if you're not, I mean, I mean, I work outside of the home all day long, but as soon as I walk in the door, my almost three-year-old is on it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, um, 
I think for a lot of us, it shows up like that because we're doing all the things all day long for everybody else a lot of the time. And it's loud and there's a lot of moving parts all at once. And it's a lot to keep track of. And essentially, most moms are like the manager of their home. Like if you think about a restaurant or a store or whatever, and all the things that a manager does, moms are essentially doing that at home. Like, again, it's different in every household, depending on what other supports you have at home and what they're taking on. But typically a lot of it defaults to the mom of like being in charge of the calendar and the appointments and the meals and the cleaning and just telling everyone what to do. And I know it's very typical for people to have husbands that are like, well, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. And it's like, (laughs) okay, but like, I shouldn't have to be the one carrying that mental load. Like you are also an adult take on (laughs) some of it. Um, But that's just how it is for a lot of us. And so I think most of the time it shows up as irritability because our cups are empty and we are stressed out and we aren't taking the breaks that we need to refill that and just have a moment to decompress. And, um, if you have kids, it's probably loud in your house and it's probably messy and there are toys everywhere. And I think it's also really hard because, um, a lot of times I've noticed this, one isn't really true for me to be honest, because my house, I'm fine with it looking like people live here. Like it just is what it is. But yeah. I hear from my friends and stuff who also have anxiety or ADHD or whatever. And like, I come in their house, they're like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. It's so messy or toys ever. I'm like, I don't care. Like kids live here. Like you're playing, like, I don't care your house, like, your cleanliness of your house right now is not a reflection of who you are mm-hmm. at a deeper level. And I think a lot of women are so deeply connected with what their house looks like is a direct reflection of them. And it's not. Um, so I think that that's another huge piece. Another way that you might see this showing up is like every morning when you and your kids are trying to get out the door, you're like yelling at everyone, everyone's stressed. You're trying to like drag the whole house out at one time because things aren't done and everyone's flipping out. And this could be because maybe your kid has a neurodiversity, maybe, um, they're, expectations we've set just aren't realistic for them. Like I Mm -hmm. see that a lot. Parents expect their kids to be like up and out the door in 15 minutes, but their child is squirrely and dilly dallies and it actually takes 30. And it's like, well, no wonder you're stressed out every single morning because you aren't giving them the time that they actually need. And so everyone is hyped. Um, So those are a few ways that I feel like it shows up most commonly. And then if you are working on top of that, I guess, even if you're not working, I know for a lot of people, it shows up just like, I can't keep up. I'm broken. Like you're looking around at the people around you and everything seems so easy for them. And you don't understand why it's so hard for you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another huge one that I see in here. Yeah, for sure. I think we can all resonate with a lot of that anyway. Definitely. Yeah. And I just love the, the concept of like our identity, not being wrapped up in what our house looks like or some of these things, like making sure yes. yeah, we're separating that out. Yeah. Yeah. When you take the weight on the, the weight of the world on your shoulders that you have to have everything like, yeah, you're going to have anxiety Yeah, <laughs> meant to carry all of that. Exactly. Well, and I know we talked before we hit record about like, we were going to talk about care tasks. And so this like moves in perfectly to that. Yeah. Um, like instead of calling things chores, calling them care tasks, but also remembering these things are all morally neutral, you know, like 
if you didn't get your laundry done today, you're not a bad person. You're not a bad mom. You're not disgusting. And I know that that can sound dramatic. Like when someone's just hearing it right now, but how many times have you forgotten to do the laundry or forgotten it in the washer? And you're like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I forgot that. And I'm so stupid. I am like a failure at being a mom. I can't take care of my house. I can't take care of it. The- and then you just spiral. Right. Oh, yeah. Like, and so it goes from, I didn't get the laundry done to, I'm a terrible person and I can't do this. And like that hop happens so fast that most people don't even realize it. And then it's like, of course you don't want to do these tasks because they're tied to so much negativity because of the way that you're talking to yourself during them. And so I like care tasks because I feel like it just makes it so much more morally neutral. And this whole idea comes from Casey Davis's book, How to Keep House While Drowning. Have you ever read that? No. Oh my gosh. It's amazing. <laughs> there are like so many great takeaways from it, but, um, mm. she's the one who really coined the term care task. And she also talks about looking at your house, um, as a place that it's made to be functional. So like mm-hmm. sometimes what's going to be functional during a certain season, isn't going to be what's pretty. It isn't yeah. going to be what we want it to look like. Sometimes it just is what it is. Like, let it go again, yeah. back to exactly. Let it go again, back to the laundry. Like maybe you're going to have a season where clean clothes, clean laundry just means it's sitting outside the dryer in a pile. And that's just, that's as far as it gets. And we lived like that for a little while, um, a lot of backstory to it. So I'm not going to go there, but essentially my husband had an injury, couldn't do anything. We had a tiny baby. I had to go back to work and everything was just on my plate. And I'm like, the clothes are clean. This is good enough. And luckily at this time I had read her book. I wish I had read it before I had a baby. This was like nine months later, but I read that book and I was like, yeah, the whole point is to have clean clothes. Here are the clean clothes. Find them. Yeah. Put them in a pile. If they're wrinkly, throw them back in the dryer. Who cares? Wear a wrinkled shirt. I don't care. Yeah. (laughs) You know? And so I think that it just, it takes back some of that power of like your house is here to serve you, not the other way around. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess we do. We need to have a heart of servitude and all of those things. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that like, we don't need to be a slave to our home. Our home is supposed to be here to support us and be functional. Um, And so I like that. And something else that she talks about is having like opening and closing tasks. So just like if you ever worked at a restaurant or I guess they do at a store, I never worked in retail, (laughs) but you know, like when I worked in a restaurant, we had a certain list of things that we had to do every morning when we opened and we had a different list every night that we had to do when we closed and the things that we did in the morning supported the people throughout day shift and the things that we did at night supported the people that had to open the next morning. And so if you think about your home that way and think about what do I need to do tonight to have a smooth morning, to make my morning functional. And then in the morning, you're thinking, what do I need to do today to make things functional, to have a smooth day? And anything past that is just bonus. And we can just feel good about it and we can enjoy it rather than having an unrealistically long to-do list of everything that we want to get done and then feeling like we're failures because we didn't do the impossible list. Yeah. Until you fix that list, you're always going to feel like you're failing every single day. And so yes. adjusting those expectations for sure. And I, I love the concept of just breaking it up to be like, okay, what is necessary in the morning to just let the day go smoother. And at night, like just getting to those bare minimum things and like, like the laundry, just like, yes. what is the bare minimum result we need clean clothes? Like 
just kind of boiling it down and simplifying things just to help when you're like drowning in anxiety. Like, I feel like that is so helpful just to adjust it. And I love the care task because around here, I haven't done it in a little while, but usually I call it take care time. And it does just change it because it's like, we're just taking care. Like I'll ask my kids, like, what are we taking care of right now? We're like taking care of our toys. We're taking care of our home. Like we're taking care of our yard. Like it's more like ownership and just like, yeah, like it feels better. It looks better. Whatever that needs to look like for you in your home at this time. But yeah, yeah, just from chore that word to taking care of it. Just yes. Well, and when you think about it, we're not teaching them chores just to teach them chores, right? Like we're teaching them to take care of things like exactly what you're doing. You're teaching them. Okay. We have to take care of the things that we have in our house. We have to take care of the people in our house. Like that's a lifelong skill that they're going to need. And so I just feel like chores has such a negative connotation and it sounds so like, sounds like a punishment or a negative consequence. Whereas, okay, well, it's time for us to take care of our toys now. Okay. It's time for us to take care of the kitchen. Cause we just made dinner. Like it, I don't know. It just, it, it, it feels like it becomes part of your day, even though you're still doing the same thing. Yeah. But that language just makes such a big difference. Yeah. Perspective is everything for sure. And I wanted to touch on, um, we've kind of tied it in here a little bit throughout, but I listened to one of your podcast episodes and and you were talking about self-talk and I feel like Mm -hmm. it's a, this whole idea of language and the words that we're saying about everything, I feel like really ties into this so much, like overall, this whole idea throughout all of this, all these things we're trying to do, what we're saying in our head makes a huge difference from going from chores to like tasks. That's a big deal. So I just wanted to give you um, a minute to just kind of share with us that that idea of self-talk, um, and like, we're the voice in our head, um, 24 seven, you'd mentioned that so yeah, I don't take yeah. your thing, but yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit about that power of self-talk as we're working through anxiety and everything. Yeah. So like you already mentioned a little bit, we are the only person that we are literally with 24 seven. And I try it really hard to teach this to the kids that I work with too, because kids don't realize how much power they have most of us don't realize how much power we have, but the way that we talk to ourselves is huge because you are constantly talking in the background of your head. Well, I mean, at least I am. Yeah, <laughs> I know a lot of people too. with ADHD or anxiety or just moms. Cause we have so much on our plate. Like we constantly have a tape running in our head. And if you're not aware of what that tape is saying, you're not aware of how it's influencing you. So I gave, um, like a little analogy about when I first learned how to drive And when I would drive with my mom and this would just be like around town, like small areas, she was so panicked. She had really bad car anxiety anyway. And she was trying to get past it and like teach me how to drive and let me practice while I had my permit. But even if she wasn't saying anything, she was like so tense and you could just feel her energy. And anytime something, she goes, Oh, and I'm like, (laughs) and so obviously it, it was not helpful. It made me so tense and it made me scared to drive. And then it made me a worse driver because I was so tense that I like, I couldn't even like touch the brake in a gentle way. Cause I was so tense. I was like, <laughs> you know? And so, um, then I was reflecting on how it was when I learned how to drive with my dad, my parents were divorced. My dad had always been like into motorcycles and go-karts and all the things. And so when it was time for him to work with me, he was like ready. And like, 
he lived on a private road and they got right onto like a back road highway where it's like 55 and I'm like going 40 down the highway. And he's like, Jessica, come on. And I'm like, I don't want to go any faster. Like I was so scared, <laughs> but he was so chill. He's like, let's go 70. Like, come on. And I'm like, I don't want to even go 40. But after driving with him for just a few minutes, my entire personality in the situation and my confidence level was so different because the person next to me was calm and encouraging and not stressed out. Whereas when I was with my mom, she was like so high strung and that she was so critical, even when she wasn't trying to be, she was so critical. And that made me feel tense and critical. It took all of the joy out of learning how to drive. It made me a worse driver versus when I had someone who was next to me, who was calm and encouraging and it helped me be a better driver and it boosted that confidence. And so if you think about, and for some people, it's easier to literally think of their ADHD or anxiety as like being in the passenger seat next to them. Like I've had moments where my anxiety is so high for no apparent reason. I can't get it to calm down. And I'm like, you know what? It's in the, it's in the passenger seat. Like, it's fine. You can be here. I'm not going to like push you down. You're here. It's cool but I'm in charge, like just sit over there. And so if people can kind of think about their self-talk as being in the passenger seat and what can you say to yourself in this moment to calm yourself down, to build your confidence, to help you do whatever you need to do versus what you're probably saying, that's probably doing the opposite. Um, so I know that that analogy has been really helpful for me when I catch myself in a spiral of negative talk, because it's just, it's not helpful. It's not helpful to you. It's not helpful to whatever task you're trying to complete. And the way that's influencing you is also probably not helpful to anyone around you because it's probably making you a less pleasant person. (laughs) Yeah, that, no, that is a great analogy. And, um, just to be like, okay, you're like, just acknowledging like, yep, you're going to be here. Fine. But you said your piece. Now it's my turn to be like, okay, no time for you to be quiet. Like, cause you're not, I mean, no one wants to stay like that forever. Like you're not going right. to change. You're not going to feel better and improve if you just keep having that same conversation with yourself all the time. So, yeah, so helpful. Um, yeah, this is great. Thank you so much for just kind of going over and just kind of explaining everything and just having fresh perspective on all of this and just some simple ways to, kind of start to change, change the direction here, get on a different road. Um, yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else that, um, we didn't talk about or just kind of wrapping up, giving us um, your info again of your podcast? Yes, I do actually have three like tangible things to help. So I'll move through those quickly. Um, I don't know. Actually, I don't think I've done a podcast episode on these yet myself. I just did a webinar, but I don't think I've done the podcast yet. Um, so I'll move through them pretty quickly, but the first one is a to done list. So I don't know who actually like coined this, made this up. I made it up myself in my own brain, but I know I was not the first person to do it. But one day I was tracking all the things I had done that day because I couldn't remember like some of the things I wanted to make sure I got done what I wanted to get done. And as I was writing down all the things I accomplished, I was like, man, like this feels good. Like it made me feel really accomplished. And so Um, now I use it as a to-done list and doing that can help you sit down and like really celebrate all the things that you did, because I know most of us do like a hundred tasks a day and we don't even ever stop to be happy about it. Then we just like are mad about the things that we didn't get to. Mm -hmm. And so when I start to get into that mindset, that really helps me. And then also if I'm just having a really hard day anyway, 
um, writing down even the basic things like I brushed my teeth, I took a shower, I made lunch from scratch, like all of those things that I can write down to just be like, hey, it's not as bad as it seems. Yeah. That's really helpful. Um, And then another one is called body doubling. So this one is good for like motivation, especially for people with ADHD and body doubling is essentially you are doing a task while someone else is doing a task too. We don't always have access to that. So one of my favorite hacks for this is watching like a clean with me video or something on YouTube while I clean, because having the person next to me cleaning while I am also cleaning Mm -hmm for whatever reason, makes it less boring. It makes it easier to focus on doing the task. And so um, that is something I like to do when I'm really struggling. And then the last one is starting to incorporate focus cues. So a lot of us have focus cues and we don't even realize it. Like, you know, maybe um, before you record every podcast, you sit down with a cup of coffee or whatever. And that doing that and turning it into a habit tells your brain like, oh, okay, it's time for us to do this thing. And so over time, we can layer in focus or focus cues to help us get different tasks done. When I was in high school and college, I always listened to explosions in the sky because it's, um, they don't have any lyrics. So it wasn't distracting and it was like calm, chill music. And so even now, like if I have work to do and I'm really struggling to focus, I will put that in and put in headphones and I like instantly get into the zone because I've done it so many times that my brain is Mm -hmm. like, oh, cool. It's time to work. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And so you can layer this in with like literally anything. It can be any kind of, I feel like it needs to be like sensory input in some way, but it could be certain breathing exercises, meditation. Maybe you, um, diffuse the same essential oils every single time. Maybe you have a sweater that you put on each time you're about to sit down and do something. Oh, one last one then, um, (laughs) putting on a hoodie and putting a hood up for whatever reason also really helps if you need to like sit down and focus in on a task. I feel like, I don't know. I don't know if it's because it like puts blinders up next to you or what, but that is also really helpful. So just a few tangible things that um, people can try out and see if it works for them too. Yes. That is amazing. Thank you so much for that list. Yeah. Awesome. This is full of all kinds of goodness. So (laughs) Yeah. Go back and listen, you guys, to catch all of this. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much for your time, Cheska, and just kind of helping us, um, yeah, learn more about this and, and how to work through it and, and still be productive and feel good um, about our time. So thank you so much. Thanks for hanging out with me today. If you found anything helpful or challenging or inspiring you got some new ideas take a minute and share it with a friend like help your friends have easier less stressful lives and so send them a text or share it on social and tag me so i know what's helping you if you haven't left a review yet there is no like button for podcasts reviews mean everything so take a minute and leave me a quick review and i would so appreciate it all right now let's go check some boxes (laughs) 